everybody, and welcome to Ascend, the sports physical therapy podcast designed to help you step up your rehab and elevate your game. I'm Dr. Lisandro Sanchez, a physical therapist based in the Chicago suburbs. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, um, physical therapist, Dr. John Daly, who's located in the Dallas-Fort Worth region. Uh, John, last week we talked a little bit about um, concussions. So I know in your in your neck of the woods, you probably don't see a whole lot of concussions. But just this week, um, you know, we, we technically think of those concussions as being somebody who has a direct contact. But I actually had somebody who had a tree fall on her house last week and, during a pretty bad storm. And while she didn't get hit by the tree, thankfully, she actually did fall down from the shaking of the tree. And just kind of that whiplash effect, she showed up with kind of that post-concussive syndrome. So she's been real sensitive to light. Um, mm. We've been working on kind of adapting her to that. We've also been working on adapting her to some louder noises because that's still kind of triggering her dizziness and her symptoms. Uh, because that's mainly what she's been having. She hasn't been having any type of nausea. It's just that sensitivity to loud noises or brighter lights. So slowly but surely, I've only seen her a couple sessions, but we're getting there. Um, and it just goes to show that, that concussions can kind of manifest themselves in a couple different ways and the symptoms are, are different from person to person yeah that's pretty interesting I'm, i haven't heard anybody have a concussion uh of that nature in, in that type of fashion either um but today we're kind of switching gears again we're talking uh a prevalent prevalent a pretty prevalent injury that occurs in sports i feel like this is one of the top three i mean you see a lot of hamstring issues but then we also see a lot of acl issues and then that's what we're talking about today. If anybody's a baseball fan, uh, we have some young stars out there in the league. One in uh, the Braves organization, Acuna, uh, he recently injured his knee this past, uh, I'd say, two weeks ago, right? Uh, it's It's been about that long, yeah. He was uh, tracking a, a ball uh, in the outfield, uh, and what ended up happening is Acuna, Acuna, Acuna Jr., Ronald Acuna Jr., <laughs> he plays right field. He also plays center field. What ended up happening, he was running a ball down in the outfield, uh, took a leap to try to reach the ball. He didn't end up catching it. But when he landed, it looked like his knee kind of shifted forward. So his knee was planted, but the, his thigh bone, his femur, and the rest of his body kept shifting forward. Uh, what ended up happening, he underwent an MRI, and what they found was that he had completely ruptured his um, ACL, or anterior cruciate ligament of his right knee. So Acuna... Uh, had surgery a few weeks ago as well, right after the injury. And he's he's going to be starting his rehab here pretty soon because he's looking to get back for the 2022 baseball season. Yeah, and I think how he injured his knee is kind of generally, you know, what we see in sports and how it, it usually occurs, right? So we have the ACL that sits on, on our knees along with the uh, PCL, which stands for posterior cruciate ligament. And then we have ligaments on the outside of our legs, the LCL, which is the lateral. Uh, so that's just the outside of the leg. And then the MCL, which is the medial. So if you grab your leg, grab your knee, you put your hand on the outside, that's the LCL. Put your hand on the inside, that's the MCL. And then the ACL and the PCL are kind of in between those two bones where we bend at. Right. Um, and they, they kind of live in that joint. And, you know, for three simple letters, it, it can mean a lot for – for athletes and, and their teams going forward because uh, we might not know this, but actually um, the ACL serves some pretty important functions. That's why it's so important that these athletes uh, have that mobility in the leg and, and sometimes even need to have it repaired so that they can continue to play. 
uh, the ACL itself, it's, it's a really thick band of tissues. And what it does, it actually helps resist your, your shin bone from sliding forward and from rotating too much when you're, you know, walking, running, or doing any sort of high impact activities. What we've come to learn is that that tensile strength, the strength of that ACL, um, it is, is pretty high up there. It's one of the strongest ligaments in the body. Um, and actually another interesting stat that I found is that 30% of injuries with the ACL come in contact situations. So somebody hitting the knee from the front or from the back, uh, but actually 70% come from non-contact injuries, which is what we saw here with Ronald Acuna Jr. Yeah. And I think those non-contact is what usually makes the news, right? So some, some typical ones I can think of besides Acuna, we had uh, Teddy Bridgewater, uh, a while ago, I think that was a year, maybe two years ago. That's the first one that pops into my head. Yep. It was uh, backpedaling during practice, playing it, and the next thing you know, he's just on the ground holding his leg. So those injuries usually occur um, with jumping instances. So we see it a lot in, in basketball, right? People coming down, landing wrong, that knee may cave in or kind of put more stress on the ACL that it can handle. And then we also see in a lot of cutting activities, uh, seen in football, soccer. So those are the typical athletes Absolutely. that we kind of encounter. Yeah, and and actually the highest rate of, of injuries for ACLs tend to be in soccer players, specifically female soccer players. And a lot of uh, data shows that females tend to have a higher incidence rate of ACL injury than males do. Um, it's about 2 to 4 to 9.7 times higher uh, in female athletes compared to male athletes of similar, similar activities. So, you know, while men's sports tend to dominate the headlines, it, it is women that tend to be seeing more of these injuries at, at all levels, not just at the, at the higher level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think, you know, after we have these ACL injuries, right, the first thing that pops into people's heads, and I'll let you answer these questions here is one of two things, right? Uh, so, you know, we get injured bones heal. They, they regrow back together through a, a lengthy process. You know, we get a cut that heals, tissues tear, muscle rebuilds. And people want to think, you know, hey, do I need surgery or will this heal on its own? So what do you have to say about that? Well, I guess it depends on the athlete, right? Um, or, or whatever it is you're doing for a daily living. You know, if you have somebody who is of older age, um, who maybe isn't doing a whole lot of jumping and running activities, you know, Either they, they just like to ride the bike or they just need to be able to go for a walk. Sometimes the surgery may not be the best option for them. That's something that they'll discuss with their surgeon. Um, but for a lot of the younger populations, if it does happen in the jumping activity, well, where are they going? Are they planning on playing again um, or are they planning on staying active? Usually the question is probably they're going to need surgery if it's a complete tear. Um, but certainly as you're getting into the grade one and grade two sprains, which is a partial tear. Uh, grade three would be a complete tear. Once you're getting into those partial tears, that's where you really have to look and see, you know, what do you, what do you want to be able to accomplish? Not just um, athletic wise or exercise wise, but in your daily living. Um, I know sometimes doctors will opt to not do surgery if there, uh, there are other risk factors. Um, but again, if the ligaments are just stretched and not torn, there's really no reason to be doing a surgery. If it's a grade two sprain, so it's a partial tear, um, it can heal on its own. The ACL actually is one of the few ligaments in the body that has its own blood supply. So that blood supply brings nutrients um, and different uh, type of inf inflammatory processes to the knee, which can help it heal over, over a period of time. Um, obviously, you're not going to be jumping and running on it right away, but 
you know, going through a rehab process similar, not necessarily exactly the same as you would after an ACL surgery or reconstruction, um, certainly could set you up for success long-term without needing surgery. Yeah, I think it really does depend, like you were saying, right, the athlete and their goals. All right, so if we have a high-level athlete, let's take Kawhi Leonard, for example, he only had a partial tear of his ACL. Well, he's a guy who his whole career, his whole um, job is to play basketball at an extremely high level. So he's a guy, yes, we're 100% going to have surgery. But if we have, you know, our weekend warrior or, you know, our 50-year-old uh, mom who tears it, slips and falls or something of that nature, you know, it's going to it's gonna bother her for a little bit. There's going to be some pain. There's going to be some swelling. But after that discomfort goes away, um, we may not need to have that surgery because her – her level of function and her daily job may not require that ACL to, you know, really be there for her and give that extra support like our athletes have. Absolutely. Um, so that's definitely something to consider. Definitely. It's good to talk to, you know, an orthopedic surgeon if you're having, you know, considering having that reconstruction or something after an injury um, and just seeing the severity of the tear and what it's going to mean for your lifestyle. Um, but for most of our athletes, uh, if they suffer a complete tear, more often than not, they're, they're going to end up having that ACL reconstruction and surgery. Um, now, the ACL itself, you can't just sew it back together. Um, if it's a partial tear, you might be able to, but you're going to have to support it otherwise with other structures. Um, there's a couple different ones we can do that. We can do a, what we call a patellar bone graft. Um, well, not what we call, surgeons call a patellar bone graft. <laughs> so they can actually take a piece of their patellar tendon, which goes from the kneecap to the shin bone. They take that middle third of it, and they actually loop it through and make it structurally appear to be like an ACL. Um, they anchor it from your thigh bone to your shin bone, and it gives it some extra tensile strength. They can also do what's called a hamstring graft, where they take a part of your hamstring tendon and do the same with it, the same thing with it. Uh, jury is still out. There's a lot of research still coming out on which one is, is stronger. And again, depends on the patient, depends what your surgeon is comfortable doing and what he is used to doing. Um, and more things might come out depending on what kind of graft you might benefit from. Um, but those are some of the ways that we do reconstruct that ACL to help give you that strength and give you that stability so that your, your shin bone isn't translating forward every time you try to cut or stop. Yeah. So after surgery, right, we, we go through rehab. How long is that process? How long do you expect our players to be out? Well, ultimately, it's, it's going to depend, I think, on two big things, right? So the first thing is uh, the surgical protocol, right? Every surgeon uh, has a slightly different protocol based on the research they know and, and how rehab progresses to see how far along we can move at any given point in surgery. Um, because initially, the biggest thing you want to do is control swelling. Some surgeons are more for, you know, getting moving a little bit quicker. Others are more for doing more closed chain exercises, which are you know, things where the distal part or the farther part of your body is planted um, and strengthening that way, which we tend to find more functional. Others are more for open chain exercise, which just means you can kind of move the leg a little easier um, without having to be planted or putting too much weight through it. Um, yeah. So that, that's, that's one consideration. The other consideration is how high functioning does athlete have to be, right? If we're talking about, you know, a basketball player, rehab is going to take a little bit longer because we're going to have to get them more stable to be able to do more of that jumping and more of that running. If we're talking somebody uh, who maybe isn't doing a whole lot of jumping, say a golfer, um, for example, well, they can probably speed that process along because they're not having to have that much stability because they're not doing a lot of cutting or jumping, right? Mm -hmm. 
So uh, timetable generally for a lot of these high-functioning athletes can be anywhere from six months to 12 months. Uh, there are some tests that we use uh, as physical therapists to try to determine if that player is ready to return to play. Um, in the physical therapy world, that's still something we're debating to see which, which is more effective. But usually I like to see uh, the knee being stable, um, being strong, and at least being able to handle 90% of the workload compared to the leg that isn't injured. So that's generally my time frame. what I look for. Um, athletes generally see that six to eight months, sometimes a little bit longer. It, it just depends on the situation. Yeah, I think you, you did a really good job at explaining that there. So we talked a, bit, a little bit about surgery, right? What is the ACL, how they occur? And a lot of times we can try ways to prevent these ACL injuries. Um, and I think a lot of that comes in, to, in our ability to control the knee and, you know, understand where our body is in space. So next we're going to kind of talk about a little bit of exercises that help with that issue. And I think one of the most important things is that we try to put these athletes in front of a mirror so that muscle and mind connection kind of matches there. And we understand what our body is doing, um, even when we're not looking. And I think that builds a solid foundation. Absolutely. Uh, some of So early on, you're going to want to be able to do that. So you can see one knee functioning from side to side. And in ACL rehab, it's not always just about getting that uh, post-op post knee strong too. It's also about strengthening the opposite knee. A, because you're probably not going to be putting a whole lot of weight through that knee in the first place, the injured knee in the first place. But also you want to prevent injuries moving forward. So it's about getting to that level that you were at before and then going past it to prevent injuries in the future, which is hard. Um, that's why a lot of a lot of sports are starting to go into that injury prevention mode, especially soccer players, into strengthening the hips and strengthening the knees to get that control before these injuries have a chance to occur. Yeah. So my three favorite exercises here, and we can go into a little short discussion about these as well. Um, one is the curtsy lunge. So we're kind of controlling um, our knee in multi-planes, like uh -huh. in, in sports we have to do, right? So I feel like that's big. We we focus on our glute strength, and then we focus on our quad strength, and that has to work to control as that back leg is going in another direction than our body normally right. is. Uh, next, I have pistol squat. So if you had that before, um, it's basically where we're on one leg and we're we're dropping down and doing a mini squat there or as far down as we can go. This is a great exercise again for drawing in quad strength and glute strength and one thing i want to note on that john is even if you can't go all the way i know when we think of pistol squat we think you know but all the way to the ground it, it doesn't necessarily have to be that way uh eventually you would like to be able to get that low i know i can't get there right now um but if you can start a patient on like an elevated surface such as a table that goes up and down or even a chair and just having them essentially do that single leg squat or sit to stand from a chair that's going to start to engage those muscles at a lower level than maybe just doing it, you know, in the parallel bars or somewhere where maybe they're not going down as far. Something to give them a cue to go a little bit deeper can help them gain that muscle control because they might have the strength. They just have to be able to have that control a little bit farther down in the end of their movement. Yeah. And then lastly, I have is a focus on landing mechanics, right? We have a lot of people getting injured uh, when they're landing and jumping on that one leg. And if we, we uh, teach the proper way to land, right, get a little bit in that knee, accept force, and try to stay uh, in that sagittal plane, and all that means is just that front and back 
position, then we may have a chance of presenting, preventing some of these injuries. Now, I know a lot of research is starting to come out as, you know, this and that and, and how we can prevent. And there's a lot of mixed opinions out there, but these are, these are solid ways to try to help prevent those. Absolutely. Um, I, I like all the exercises you brought on there. One that I really like to use, um, especially with those uh, athletes that have lower body injuries, it's to strengthen the hamstrings and the glutes. It is a single leg uh, Romanian or stiff leg deadlift. So just having, having one of our athletes standing on one leg and gently bending down forward, just bending at the hips, keeping a nice, a strong and stable spine, bending forward at the hips and trying to tap a cone on the left, coming back up, tapping a cone in the center, and then coming back down to tap a cone on the right. So you're switching a couple different planes, keeping the knee slightly bent, but just bending at the hip and really engaging those hamstrings and those glutes to help lower you down without substituting the low back. Um, yeah. Very challenging exercise. Definitely something I would be doing closer to the end of rehab. Um, but if they can do that, they're, they're on their way to, to being a little bit stronger in a couple of different ranges of motion. Yeah. So I think we did a great job today, you know, talking about what the ACL is, how they occur. Do we need surgery? Will it heal on its own? And then a couple of great exercises you can take and use either if you've had ACL surgery or you're trying to prevent that ACL injury that occurs so often in sports. Absolutely. Um, so um, as always, let's wrap up and shout out those social media handles. You can follow me at, at Lisandro PT. I'm on Twitter and Instagram. Drop me a follow. Um, more content coming out soon. But John, where can they find you? I know you're posting out stuff on a regular basis, um, keeping the people informed. Yeah, so I, I'm enjoying that process as well. But you can follow me on Instagram at John Day, that's spelled J-O-N underscore D-A-I-L-E-Y dot D-P-T. You can uh, find a lot of information as far as exercises and different progressions on there. Absolutely. I saw you post some stuff on our concussion rehab from last week and then even from before in talking about Conor McGregor's injury and healing that. So check out John, check out his post, give him a little love, um, and don't forget to follow. All right. Until next time. Until next time. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and we'll, we'll hear you, you'll hear from us next week.